0: Welcome to the LifeWay Student Ministry Podcast. I'm Ben Trueblood with John Paul Basham. Yo. And producer Nathan, as always, uh, pushing the buttons in the background. So we're thankful for producer Nathan. A little bit later in the show today, uh, we've got a like it or spike it July the 4th edition. So you'll get to hear from producer Nathan for that You'll get to hear him
1: say, all right. (laughs)
0: yes that is exactly true uh we we should have a counter
1: we today
0: he's gonna be self-conscious about it now Uh, if you if you haven't taken a second to head over to itunes and leave a rating and review we sure would appreciate that it helps other people find the podcast as they search for student ministry content uh it takes seconds out of your day stars and words in the rating are helpful to us because we want to know what you think of the podcast. Today's episode is a fun one. Uh, We like to have guests on the show that are student pastors in the local church, in the trenches, doing their thing. And we ask a series of five questions, pretty much the same five questions to all of our hot seat guests. And today, our special guest, uh, we're really fortunate, excited to have Larry Davis on the show today. Larry is yeah, a yeah. student pastor at Journey Church uh, here just outside of Nashville. He's been there as a student pastor for about four years, and Larry has a lot of history with uh, Lifeway student stuff, too. served at camp for a few years and was a tremendous MC and a, an amazingly creative guy. Uh, Larry, we're, we're really excited you made the time to come
2: on the podcast with us. Man, I appreciate it, man. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, of this podcast and everything that y'all are doing. So it is truly an honor to, to be here. So, I'm excited. Man, you,
0: we were having a uh, conversation right before we pressed record, uh, and at the recording of this, it'll come out in a couple weeks. But at the recording of this, you guys are about to have your first Sunday back <laughs> in the room. So how does we that are. feel?
2: Uh, we're excited. We're, we're super excited. But you know, it's. Um, We've never been through this. <laughs> you know, that's so, right. Uh, it's a brand new season, and, and I really do mean that. I, I really think that it's a brand brand new season. There's a lot of new norms, so um, we're, um, we're we're super excited because we know ultimately, you know, the Lord is sovereign and He's faithful. So we're excited just to see how you know uh, all, all the fruits of you know everything that we've been doing since this quarantine and how He will continue to be faithful throughout. So we're pumped. Yeah, man.
0: I know that's going to be a special special moment. You know, there's been a lot of churchy comments made. And I agree with them of, you know, the church is not a building, the church scattered, you know, we're still the church and all of those kinds of things. But man, there is something special about being all together in the room, worshiping, studying the word together there. You know, we say those things to kind of, I think sometimes help us feel better about quarantine season. (laughs) (laughs) But Man, there's something special about being in the room with, with brothers and sisters in Christ and
1: and sharing those moments together. I keep replaying that gif in this moment in my mind. Of Is it Chris Farley or maybe somebody that's running up and down the aisles in a Chris Farley-like manner? Like yeah, freaking out. I'm, Have you seen that? First day back in church services. It's going to be... <laughs> Oh, Flipping out up and down the aisles. I yeah. want to see it.
0: Totally, Chris Farley.
1: And there, you know, I've I've come to realize,
0: Larry. I'll ask you. Are you familiar with the name Chris Farley? You know who that is. Chris
2: Farley. I don't. Oh boy. Oh so, boy. And, um, <laughs>
0: so I was just about to say, I have come to the realis- realization that. There is, we are now to the generation
1: of leaders that don't know who Chris Farley is. Oh, that's uh, such a sad thing to realize. I know. That's one of he those was... moments, like the first time I heard a student in student ministry say, uh, Fresh Prince, what's that?
2: Yeah. Oh. I was like, oh man, I'm old. All right. I yeah? know how you feel now. Okay. I just Googled him. Now I know. I, I do know exactly. <laughs> okay. Him.
0: So you know him by face at
2: least. Yeah, I know my <laughs> face. yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, so for those of you that don't, he was on Saturday Night Live. Man, I guess in the late 90s, had some movies in the same vein as like the Adam Sandler kind of movies. Well, I guess if you don't know who Chris Farley is, people wouldn't know who Adam Sandler is. So we're just (laughs) digging ourselves further deeply into a hole here. But, and down by the river sketch is Chris Farley. Well, Larry, before we get into the five kind of student pastor hot seat questions, At the, the moment of our recording of this uh, comes at the tail end of protests that have been going across mm-hmm. uh, our country and cities throughout our nation here in Nashville. And I, I'll make some comments about that one in a second around bringing awareness to police brutality and uh, br- around b- bringing awareness to racial injustice that we see in our country in regards to our black brothers and sisters, the death of George Floyd and so many others that we could name because we've seen them and many beyond that that we can't name because they weren't caught on video. And so man, I just I wanted to ask you how have you been over the last couple of weeks as you watched and as you have taken in what are trees walking through like how has that been for you individually? And then how has that been for you as a student pastor and as a black man that's leading out in ministry here in our area?
2: Yeah. So, so personally, uh, I mean, you know, ultimately it's, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to see, you know, so much, so much uh, pain and, and anguish and that this is still something that, you know, we're still dealing with. And, um, you know, so there's so many layers, you know, um, I could talk about this for hours and hours, uh, but for the sake of time, uh, one thing that I, I would say i would argue that especially as believers that we have to begin to kind of hone in kind of zero in on is how do we approach you know these type of things from a biblical standpoint so you know i always say um, kind of the you know you you got people who go all out the way to say you know so so with the current situation right where uh, the protest is black lives matter right so outside of that you get people who um some some innocent, some people who are actually protesting against that protest and against that protest by saying all lives matter. So um, yeah. and then you got people on the other end who who's just trying to make peace, uh they kind of make statements that don't necessarily um help in nations by saying, you know, oh well, let's just be colorblind. You know, let's not even uh, you know, let's not even see black and white or let's just say everything is, you know everyone is just kind of united and things like that. And I think even that is a mistake because as a black man, I want you to, I want you to see that I'm black, right? right. I don't want you to ignore it. I don't want you to destroy it. I want you to embrace it, you know? So, um, and, and on the other end of, you know, the, the all lives matter, it, it, even if you mean well behind it, um, it, it doesn't change anything. It doesn't change anything and in itself. It's it, it'll come off as a protest to the protest. Matter. And I'm sure you've seen over and over and over of, you know, um, just just a bunch of different people and, and kind of where they they land and, and things of that nature. But yeah. I, I think here's an accurate way of looking at it. So if I if I came in, um, if I came into um, where you guys are and I said, hey, I'm bleeding of a gunshot wound. And if you looked at me, and you said, well, Larry, a lot of people get shot. <laughs> right, A lot of people get shot. A lot of people are bleeding. What about them? that's true, but it doesn't, it doesn't stop the bleeding. You know what I mean? So yeah. so we have to be able to stop the bleeding. What do we need to do to address what's actually going on? So a lot of people are avoiding, you know, talking about B, they want to talk about A and C, but what about what's actually happening right now? So especially as believers, let's address what's actually going on um, and, and kind of go from there. So you know, if we're if we're called to bear each other's burdens, we have to be present. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to do more listening than speaking. I think that's a problem with uh, just you know believers in general. We, not, we aren't good listeners, right? We want to hurry up and jump to you know to, to a conclusion. Or we want to hurry up and try to fix something without actually listening and and, and bearing each other's burdens. So uh, let's be present. Let's learn the history before we we dive in and, and make a an correction. So. Um, in a nutshell, again, I, I could talk about this for hours and hours, but I think that's uh, this is so important for us to um, just to be able to land on, hey, let's be present in what's actually happening. And as believers, um, let's come together and, and, um, and penetrate the actual issue.
1: Yeah. What have you seen to be the tone of conversation inside your student ministry? Much opportunity for that?
2: Yeah. So, so not just yet. Um, I've heard it a little bit, but I'm also noticing – you know, um, our students, they're a little confused by it. You know, they're mm. like, wow, I don't i don't understand why this is happening. Um, I, you know, I've been their student pastors for years and years and years. So, it, you know, it's just normal. So, yeah, I think they're just kind of a little confused about it. So whenever we begin meeting in person, we'll be able to, to dive a little deeper, you know, in, in, into that. And talking about this social issues and a, and a bunch of other uh, social issues as well. Um, because I, I want to to be able to disciple them and teach them how to handle these things biblically, how to receive these things through a biblical lens and how to engage uh, a very broken culture in a, a very broken world. And um, so, so yeah, I think ultimately they're just a little confused and they don't really know what to say. I mean, you know how teenagers are like if um, they they're quick to to kind of gravitate toward what social media is doing or what they see their their idols are doing. So they don't really know how to address these things internally and from from a posture of you know um, just accuracy and, and humility. So it's um, I, I think I think as a church, you know, that's one of the solutions as well for us to be able to to engage the younger generation to teach them how to hand, how to handle and, and just really navigate through these things. Uh, properly and you know biblically, so, yeah. Ultimately, I think they're a little confused.
1: Do you have, you know, as you're talking about, and I think you're exactly right, teaching, the the overall concept of discipleship being teaching people to think Christianly about everything that they interact with. Yeah. Are there key scriptures? That, that come up in your mind that speak to this in a way that uh, you feel like would be especially useful for teenagers trying to sort all this out
2: yeah um, well you got um, I mean you got passages like in Galatians uh, that says you know to carry or bear each other burdens uh, I think that's really the, the main one uh, for me it, it is it is hard right because yeah, you know, scripture doesn't necessarily penetrate this word by word. So I think you have to begin to kind of look internally and look, kind of take a step back and look at the posture of um, what what is the appropriate posture when when these things happen. So I think it depends on you know where they stand. You know, in understanding, you know, I mean Jeremiah seventeen nine. You know, the, the heart is is. Is, is wicked. Is evil. Um, who yeah. you know you can understand it. So just don't. You know we shouldn't be surprised when these things happen, right? Especially mm-hmm. you know kind of where we stand is like we, we know that what the heart is capable of. So let's not be surprised when these hap- when these things happen because um, you know we are um, we're, we're you know every anyone outside of a saving relationship uh, with Jesus Christ. Not saying that that people who are Christians are. Uh, Incapable of doing these things. Definitely not saying that, but definitely those who don't know the Lord, they they are going to be more prone to to do some things that rub us the wrong way and things of that nature. So let's not be surprised. But what is the proper approach when we see these things? Uh, But I think ultimately, I believe it's Galatians six to to be able to carry each other's burdens. You know, in order to do that, in order to bear each other's burdens, you have to be present. You know, you have to you have to be willing to do it. So um, I think in this situation, let's not avoid it or run from it let's be present because when our people are hurting um we we want we need to be broken we need to hurt with them so
0: larry i think
2: i think that's a great passage for this to help people kind
0: of understand and i think one of the things that stands out to me about that is in order for us to bear each other's burdens we have to know what those burdens are 100%. Yeah, which that's means good. that which means that i have to do the work to say i need to know these burdens right if i'm going to if i'm going to carry them with you right. then i've got to, then i've got to know what they are so it puts a little responsibility on me to if i'm going to live christianly in regards to this i have to i have to do some things on my end yeah uh, john paul one of the scriptures that came into my mind when you asked when you asked that question is Ephesians 4 and bearing uh, with all gentleness and patience, bearing with one another in love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that bearing with one another and lock the, the image in my mind is locking arms and supporting each other, but it's done in all gentleness and patience and it's bearing with each other in love. And so, like a lot of the arguments that I hear from people, uh, and in most cases, these are white people that are using these arguments but it is it is the all lives matter it is the well black lives matter is an organization it's not that and so and then there's facts right there's people who start throwing out all of these well let's look at the facts of this and let's look at the facts of this and to me that doesn't scream larry what you were saying that doesn't scream i'm seeking to share in your burdens right and it doesn't scream gentleness and patience. It, it, we've got to move past statistics and get into the feelings of it.
1: Yeah. yeah, and at the heart of that, I've had too many conversations in that direction. I say too many. Larry, please don't hear that as totally insensitive because I know the black community is saying, listen, you hadn't had Jack." <laughs> You know, don't tell me you've had too many conversations. Yeah. I, I, I hear that. I've had more conversations than I wish I had had over the last few years since, since we adopted our son Titus. Mm-hmm. Um, of people saying, well, show me the statistics. Because all that says is you're not in proximity with black people in your circles. Because if you were, you wouldn't need any statistics. You would have enough life-on-life life examples. You would have enough hurt. You would have enough, enough proof from just personal lived experience from the people that you love in your life to get you right past the statistical hurdle.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And all, of, all that saying is prove to me that there's a problem. Yeah. And when somebody says that, prove to me that there's a problem. What I know is uh, you're blind to what's going on and what has gone on in this country and around the world for hundreds of years. We've got to get, we have to get past that place. Right. Um, but I, but I do 100% agree. I, I've also had more conversations than I would like to have um, that are totally void of scripture And the real change is going to happen when we lean in and leverage. So scripture was leveraged in exactly the wrong way at the beginning of this struggle. And it was used against black America. What we have to do is use scripture in the right and God honoring way to lift up black America. Mm. To so Isaiah 1, 16 and 17 says, wash yourselves, cleanse yourselves, remove your evil deeds from my sight. Stop doing evil. Learn to do what is good. Pursue justice. Correct the oppressor. Defend the rights of the fatherless. Plead the widow's case. That needs to be our posture. Mm -hmm. The church today needs to wash themselves, remove evil deeds from the side of the Lord. Stop doing evil. And that means figure out what evil you're doing. Learn and dig into what evil you're doing and stop doing it. And in place of that, learn to do what is good. I mean, this is just, I'm not paraphrasing. This is real simple language. (laughs) Learn to do what is good. Pursue justice. Correct the oppressor. To correct the oppressor, you have to know who the oppressor is. And in this case, you got to realize that a lot of times the oppressor, if you look in the mirror, you'd see the oppressor. And this is just something we have to own. But we need to own it through this lens of Scripture, or we're not going to get any further down the road than we've gotten so far. And we haven't gotten very far down the road to begin with. It's good. It's good. Well, Larry, I appreciate you uh,
0: giving your thoughts on that. And, man, one of the cool things... Uh, that we saw here in the Nashville area was the largest protest, at least to this point around this was organized by teenagers. Uh, So, you know, six teenage girls organized the largest protest we've had in our, in our city uh, for something like this, which which speaks to the work that you do each and every day to impact the lives of teenagers can make a huge difference in our culture. So, I uh, want to say thank you for pouring into teenagers' lives, and man, I we know each other, have spent some time together. So, man, I I know that you're doing that, and man, you're you serve in a in a place in the church that that is churning out people that can change the world right now as a 15 year old. So, thank yeah. you for your influence there.
2: Yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate
0: it. it means a lot. So we uh with these. The hot seat has now begun. We'll dive into our questions here, and we'll have some discussion around them, but uh, they're kind of rapid fire-ish questions. And so we'll go through here, and, man, would love to hear from you right off the top. Uh, What is your main focus in ministry right now?
2: Yeah, yeah. So um, at this time, we are a week from, from opening up. Um, so, just I mean, recently, uh, so so I was speaking on kind of during the during the quarantine. It's been, man, intentionality has been kind of the the key phrase that I've been um, kind of emphasizing to my leaders. I've uh, reminded myself uh, because you know students are so outside of their rhythms, you know, and they uh, this generation just need they need something, you know, they are, they always yeah. need something. So. Um, so yeah, intentionality and that that kind of bled into a bunch of systems that I had to put in place um, that I felt so convicted of that I didn't already have these things in place. Um, you know, yeah, so it's you know um, I mean from phone calls to to text messages to zoom calls and things of that nature. I mean weekly, and not just myself, you know we we have such a such an amazing you know team of uh, volunteers who. Um, I was able to say, Hey, here's, here's where we need to go. Uh, can y'all run with this? And and they've been doing a great job every week, um, uh, following up with students, kind of checking in with them and that type of thing. And I, you know, myself, I've been doing that as well. Uh, so intentionality has been really the key phrase, but, but also you're balancing that with planning, you know, because we kind of went into this quarantine. We're like, okay, we have no idea, um, you know when we'll when we'll meet again i i just had to train my mind to say we're not meeting this year in person right so that <laughs> that, that that removed any type of comfort for me um so that i can just continue to be innovative and, and things of that nature so, to reach students where they are right now uh, so so you are you're present right now right you, you're, you're still in the weeds you're, you're doing this week-to-week grind of checking in with them um, you know, pumping out, you know, different types of uh, content and things of that nature. But you're also having a plan. Okay, what does post-quarantine look like? Because if we do get a date, um, which we do now, but, you know, I just had the mindset of, you know, whenever we get a date, I need to be ready to go. I need to have my leaders ready to go. So you are, you're, you're present now, but, you know, but you're also, so, so you're on the ground, but you're also kind of 30,000 feet in the air making sure that there is a master plan for when you know, we're back to meeting in person. So that's really been my, my primary kind of ministry focus. How do I become intentional with students right now and, and equip my leaders to do so, but also I, I need to begin planning and continue to plan uh, what post-quarantine looks like. And I were a few days out, so.
1: <laughs> yeah. Larry, are there some things you would say that were unexpected upsides? to everything that's all the ways that you've had to innovate and reposition your ministry during all this quarantine season?
2: Upsizes in like, um, things that I, that went better than I expected. Yeah. Things that went well or, you know, benefits
1: that came out of it ministry that came out of it that you didn't expect, but, but really
2: enjoyed. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm, I'm really, uh, I, I've learned that I'm most innovative when there are problems to be solved. I work, I work better that way. When when there's there's some issues right now that I have to solve, and um, I'm, I'm able to kind of you know be be more creative in, in that area. So, I mean, everything that we've been doing from from a social media platform to to communication, like all those things, I, I just realized um, how much students enjoy. You know, being able to lay down in their bed and watch a Wednesday Night Devo or Apologetics and all these different things. So um, it's literally something. So in that post-quarantine planning, I'm like, I have to continue to do this now <laughs> like because they've That's been avoided so much. So, um, yeah. you know, solving a problem has turned into like a, this lifelong kind of ministry tool of just, hey, we, we need a better, you know, well, we need a, an existing online presence and just continue to make that better week in and week out. So. Uh, yeah, going into it, I had no idea how was it was going to turn out, but uh, we had great, um, great traction from students, and they really seem to seem to kind of enjoy it. So, yeah,
0: yeah, that's awesome, man. This may go along with something you're learning right now. So, but if it doesn't, feel free to answer this, and then we'll do the what you, what you're learning right now question. But uh, in terms of of doing some new things that you'll keep around, I know you have put a an increased emphasis on. Uh, some things you're doing on TikTok uh, yeah. with your student ministry that has worked really well for you guys. So I'd love for you to talk through like what's your strategy and
2: thought process has been around that and then how you've seen students engaging in it. So this season has really forced me to take risk. Um, I'm, I'm the type that, you know, I, I can be very, um, I'm, I'm a dreamer, right? I can be very, you know, ambitious about something and I can fill up a whiteboard with this amazing plan but I would just stare at it for like three months, right? So uh, this, this forced me to just, hey, we gotta execute, uh, take, take a, you know, a step forward and, and begin actually executing these things that, that I've been wanting to do for a while. So I have a background, um, so, I, so I graduated from Cumberland University with a degree in theater. Um, I was really involved in filming college, and, and, and you know, did a little bit with with Lifeway students. So I have a background, you know, this creative background that I'm like, man, I would love to implement this in the student ministry. But I've been saying that for three years. <laughs> <You> we <know? laughs> got to the me and I'm like, all right, God, here we go. Like this is, you know, this is it. So um, that's right. Yeah, I just had to take a risk and you know, do some things. I'm like having to knock the dust off of my my old notepads. I'm like, man, I wrote down all these ideas and. Um, And I I was able to um, just kind of pull a a few leaders together and just begin knocking these things out. And that's really what it is. I I took a risk and I I began learning from students like, Hey, what are some things that are trending right now? What are some things that y'all want to see? Um, So yeah, TikTok is a whole new world Man, I'm by no means, uh, you know, a mastermind behind it. Uh, It it is a whole new world, you know, and um, it's so, I just kind of been learning like, you know, it's a, it's a balance of doing what's trendy, you know, because you want to be relevant, uh, you know, as long as you're not obviously compromising your faith or truth, anything like that. Yeah. Balancing that with some type of originality, like you want to bring something new. To the yeah. table. So, um, that's what we've been doing. We'll, you know, we'll continue to do it and we'll, we'll see how, uh, how it all pans out. But it, it seemed to, uh, uh, our, our students are all about it. You know, they share it on their story. So. Um, we're hoping that this continues to just blow up and you know be able to kind of equip uh, others, or you know at at the very least, entertain
0: you know That's some people. It's cool. cool, man.
2: So, have you put your legs through the
1: arms of a sweatshirt
2: and danced around yet? <laughs> I, I, I have. I have like limitations, you know. What I mean, I'm like, I, you know, I, I'll put that on one of my other leaders. Like, I know you would do it. So, you know, it's, it's
0: Uh that's good, man. Well, and what's cool about that too is like as they share you doing those things on theirs, Mm -hmm. then their peers see that and that's a relationship starter.
2: Yeah. Yeah. For
0: them to be able to invite like, Hey, this is Larry, he's my youth pastor from my church. Do you want to come on Wednesday night or whenever you do you guys do your thing? So that's a real easy relationship in invitation
2: starter. 100%. All right.
0: Question number three, where do you see God moving the most right now? And this this could be in your student ministry specifically. It could be in your church. I'll leave it up to you.
2: Yeah. I think this, um, a couple of things, I mean, a a bunch of things, but just to name a couple, I think number one, our staff has um, just really grown you know, to, together even closer, you know, it's, uh, it was such a, a difficult season to maneuver through and, and kind of navigate through. So um we were spending way more time than normal, you know, together to figure out, okay, you know, what do we do about this? What do we do about that? Uh Whenever we meet, you know, so I, I feel like we've been growing as leaders, uh, but but also spiritually as well. and And in you know, we just feel like just one big family. Uh, not that we didn't feel like it before, but definitely more so now. Um, you know, it's just like any other family situation, right? Whenever you go through something unique, it, it kind of brings you together. So uh, this has been a, a really sweet season uh, for our staff and our elders. Um, and I would say the second thing is, is seeing family worship in the home, uh, because that was like the biggest thing It was like, hey, we can pump out content all day but if the if the parents aren't leading the charge in a home and, and kind of maximizing this time to to pour into the kids then i mean we're only the secondary disciple makers right? we want our parents to be the primary disciple makers of their, their kids and students so um we've, we've been seeing the fruits of that like i've heard from a couple of parents like hey you know um our, our kids have been growing we've been diving into scripture every morning like i mean literally dreams coming true hmm. right?" And and you know, we know God is doing billions and billions of things through this, uh, through this pandemic. And we see one of the things is really um, kind of spiking or, or really um, igniting family worship within the home. So, and maybe they have to do that so they don't, you know, hurt each other, but you know, maybe they dive a little bit deeper into scripture, but uh, whatever the case, it's been really rewarding to see uh, parents really taking the initiative to, to pour into their kids even more. So.
1: So next, next question, uh, what are you preaching through right now? Well, you're, you're about to launch back into, we should say, what are you about to start preaching through?
2: <laughs> yeah, so this is always like the, the fun part, uh, but I always have to pull in so many people like, hey, is this, this is cool in my head, but do you think this is actually <laughs> beneficial? But uh, so through the quarantine, uh, we were walking, so we take kind of like seasons, um, to, to walk through the book of Matthew. So it just so happens right before the quarantine hit, we were walking through uh, Matthew 5, you know, in the Beatitudes. In the, the and uh, um, so whenever the quarantine hits, I was like, okay, let me just kind of space these out. And literally the entire quarantine, we walked through uh, one Beatitude a week uh, in Matthew 5. And I just really dive into that. But but we also had, so we, we released that on Wednesday nights. Then on Thursday afternoons, we had um apologetics just little little clips of uh just apologetic nuggets for our students that are posted right after that as well so they had kind of two angles of um of approaches from from kind of a sit down study through a book but also hey how do you how do you how do we equip you to defend truth and engage worldviews? then of course you know for for student ministry we always uh encourage them to, to tune in on sunday morning so um so they had really three different avenues of things that they were learning uh, the last couple of weeks uh, we uh, over the summertime we walked through something called misquoted so we take like these key phrases um, that people think that are actually in the Bible, but they aren 't and then we, we address those things and we, uh, we unpack it uh, and then we kind of beeline to you know you know the gospel of jesus christ so that 's been really cool, but when we kick back off in person here over the next couple of weeks. Um, we're, going, we're doing like a six week study on, it's called God is fill in the blank. So we're walking through just some attributes of God. Uh, and I think this would just be timely for them, you know, just as they see, hey, he, he, who's the God that we've been talking about during this pandemic, right? So we're going to get into his holiness and sovereignty and, um, you know, his omniscience and omnipotence and, uh, and, and, you know, all these different things that I think just will kind of serve as almost a framework of their understanding of, you know, the, the nature of who God is. Uh, so we're going to dive into that and then we'll kick off the fall with, um, kind of like a, I don't know if you guys read the David Platt counterculture. So that book has really just inspired me to really dive into the social issues, right? Things that we have to address. Yeah. We'll really dive deep into that from, I mean, racism and, um, abortion and and all these different things that our students right now are so consumed by the culture, man. So we just want to be able to help them, you know, navigate through these things from a biblical standpoint. So.
1: I love man, that. that God Is series sounds so cool and timely because, man, these are just heavy days.
2: Yeah, You know, yeah. E-
1: e- even just, like, just take it by itself. Right. And the way that it has just thrown everything. I mean, life is upside down because of it. And to be able to address that and race conversations and whatever else has come. There's been a lot of death as a result of COVID. There's been a lot of job loss. There's been, you know, everything. It's just heavy. So to be able to say, hey, listen up. God is still who you believed him to be before all of this. And so what do we we learn in the midst of it? You know, how do we know him deeper? All of these attributes of him because
2: of what we've walked through. That's a cool thing to walk through, man. It's so important. It's so important for them. Um, So we we just really want to just help them unpack um, because, you know, their viewpoint of God does affect everything about them. It it affects Mm -hmm. this entire world. So uh, we we really want to take some time and dive in and, and just to really disciple them through that to not only know it intellectually, but actually trust and cling to and rely on those truths in the midst of pandemics, uh, or even on whenever when the days are just filled with, you know, sunny skies and rainbows. So,
0: yeah, man, and those are the kind of things too that are gonna stick with them long after mm-hmm. they're out of high school. They'll be they'll find themselves in some situation and they'll remember. Yeah, man, God is this. Yeah, in the middle of in the middle of my situation. I love that you're doing that. Well, we're gonna leave a cliffhanger here for question number five. And uh, producer Nathan, it is your moment, my man. It is time for like it or spike it with some <laughs> July the 4th related things. So here's here's how this works. Uh, producer Nathan's going to throw out a July the 4th related topic. And then the three of us have to say if we like it or don't like it in the form of spike it. Uh, so if we like it, we say like it, we got to give like a sentence or two and same thing if we don't. We've got to defend our position in a short,
1: short way. Get it? Because it rhymes like spike. <laughs> That's right. <laughs>
3: That's right. Well, all right. I had to give it a free <laughs> jump ball. I had to do it. I had to do it. <laughs> so, like it or spike it, 4th of July edition, the first up has to be fireworks. Like it. Is that the, is that the, the topic? Yeah.
2: It's the, first, it's the first one. Do you like fireworks do you want to spike them? Like it, man. Like it. Um, I just like being destructive legally. <laughs> <laughs> That's
3: right. I'm
0: going gonna, I'm gonna to go with like it as well, though sometimes it does feel like I just dumped out cash in the street
3: and lit it on fire. <laughs> For sure.
1: It does feel like that. Hey, <laughs> but so I have a neighbor one street down who is really into this and he so he just moved in and for whatever our last holiday was for people shoot fireworks can't remember the name of it Uh, there are a lot of those holidays in tennessee that i've noticed we're looking for an excuse to blow stuff up Um, Uh, homeboy said i'm gonna have a small display and like put it on the neighborhood facebook page He said, it'll be about 10 minutes long. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, what is that set? I mean, it was not a small display. (laughs) It was 10 minutes straight of like, you know, maybe like a double A baseball park (laughs) fireworks show. And I'm like, man, this is no joke. And so he said for 4th of July, he'll have about a 30 minute show. And the first thing I thought is, bro, you just, you threw down 2,500 bucks on your 10 minute display. No question. You're really going to go 30 minutes.
0: He's He's going to spend
1: 10 grand on (laughs) your neighborhood display. Wow. And it's just out of his backyard. (laughs) I mean, there's not, there's another house back there. Like, I don't know how that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) But we don't have to go anywhere for fireworks. I I'm down.
2: Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah I'll pass on that one. I'll go and watch it. I will never I would never spend that much
0: money. That's too much. But yeah, I will partake if someone else is willing. All right. <laughs> Producer go. Nathan, fire away.
3: <laughs> Next up, like or spike, the Fourth of July cookout.
2: Oh. oh hold up.
3: Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up.
2: <laughs> the fact that you said out and not barbecue i know who's on the grill so i'm like i like it i like it so yeah that sounds like a good old uncle bobby's on the grill with his his uh his jesus sandals you know with his ashy legs, man those would be the best you ever had so i love it
1: <laughs> so let's dig into this a little bit because it sounds like there, you may have a problem if somebody, if you show up to the 4th of July meal and we're not sure if it's a cookout or a barbecue. If somebody's just throwing out hot dogs, are you coming?
2: Yeah. Uh, I'll swing by, I'll swing by, say hello. Um, I won't get comfortable.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I have a
2: cookout on my schedule to, to go to. So,
3: I swing by
0: like for sure. So, this is a like it for me. Uh, John Paul, I, I would assume the same for you. Yeah. So I, I want to take it. I want to dig in a little further here. Do you have a meat of choice that's coming off the grill?
2: Man. Ribs. Yeah, I think, think ribs is a must. Um, and I'm a, I'm a big brat fan, too. I love brats. Okay. Love, yeah.
0: Man, ribs. I would say ribs, too. They've been the fa- my favorite thing I've done on the smoker. But recently – we did the pulled
1: pork Mm. man it was good Mm. so i cheated last time and kroger which is like a mile and a half away from my house was grilling ribs out in front of the front (laughs) door
2: i've always wanted to try those man man
1: (laughs) i I walked in there to buy ribs and they were grilling them already i was like i'll take two racks thank you for that (laughs) so they were good they were good oh nice Now I know. I had to add a little cayenne. I mean, they were a little safe, but they were good. (laughs) All right. Producer Nathan, give us one more. How many do you
0: have?
3: Uh, I have six or seven listed here. We don't (laughs) have to do all of them. They were kind of some alternates. I got (laughs) you. So uh, one on here happens a lot during the summer. Thunderstorms, the 4th of July thunderstorm. Like or spike?
2: Tom, what time of the day? (laughs) (laughs)
3: In <laughs> any time,
1: any time, any time of day.
3: Okay, we'll just say not during fireworks.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say you can't have one mess up the fireworks or the, the
3: yeah. Grilling. Last summer I tried to watch fireworks in San Francisco, and the bay was super cloudy, so we just basically got colored orbs in the sky. Kind
2: of <laughs> yeah, color, color orbs. I think I'll spike that one. You know, Fourth of July is one of those days, man. You just want to be outside the whole day. So I mean, from swimming to to eating and and eating again and again you know you just want to kind of enjoy yourself
1: yeah i'm gonna have to spike a thunderstorm too Yeah, potential of death if outside while celebrating right <laughs> hard hard spike yeah and then if you're on the water it just causes
0: even more problems um, yep yeah, that that was an easy one i'm
2: out all right good thunderstorm though, helps some sleep
3: so there you go all right last one then fourth of july parade
2: Bike? am i on the parade or am i watching <laughs> watching all right no i'm good i'm, I'm all right <laughs> <Like it. laughs> yeah
0: i don't know there's not very many parades that i'm going to put in the like category here
1: <laughs> man so i love I really love and it's cheesy, but I love the Spring Hill Christmas parade. We do it up for the Spring Hill Christmas parade. We go sit out in front of a pizza shop, we order pizza, <laughs> and we've even sat through the Christmas parade in the rain. So it was like 20 degrees in December. <laughs> we were rain it was raining on us, we we're freezing, but eating soggy wet pizza and having a blast.
2: Right. It's raining. Fourth of July is too
1: hot. To sit outside and watch a parade. Like, there's no, you can't redeem 98 degrees in the middle of the street with no shade and watching some little dude go by and wave at
0: you. Nope.
1: There's just, yeah, there's nothing. You can't fix that. It's not, yeah. yeah.
0: No, I agree. That's, a, yeah, spike. All right. Producer Nathan, well done on the topics. Yeah, man, great job. Thank you. For the 4th of July, like it or spike it? Uh, can I, Nathan? Can I ask one more?
3: Yeah, of course.
0: This is your. I didn't want to take your your role from. What about the movie? You can answer this one. We'll switch oh, places for a second.
3: Ooh. All right.
0: The movie Independence
2: Day with the aliens and Will Smith. Can't hey with Will Smith, man. So I'll, I'll be honest. Aliens, is not really my my thing <laughs> <laughs> like, because it's Will Smith. Like I. It wouldn't be a tradition for me. Yeah, but.
1: I'm so sad about that answer. Yeah,
3: <laughs> I, I,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, just nah, I just can't, man. Sci-fi is just not my thing. I've, I've heard that before on the. That, yeah, I wouldn't. I couldn't. Sorry. Love I was- love
1: that movie.
2: I love that movie.
3: It's Maybe, good you have
1: an answer. Yeah,
3: I'll like it. It's Why? not again, I'm with Larry. It's not a Fourth of July tradition. It's not like, oh man, I gotta watch this on Independence Day, every Independence Day. I feel Is like I'd watch the Patriot saying? or something like that instead, but you know, if I had that tradition, which I don't. But I like the movie.
0: Man, it's one of those when I see it on, if I'm like rolling through the the guide on the TV and I see it on, I'm gonna stop and see where you it's at stop. in
1: the movie. Every time. Dude, you gotta yeah, stop. Yeah. You gotta <laughs>
0: I may not watch the rest of it every time, but you got to see where it's at. <laughs> All right. Question number five. We're coming back with, uh, with the cliffhanger question. Uh, and this is one that uh, we like to ask everybody that comes in and, and sits in the student pastor hot seat. And, uh, uh, so, and, and here it is. What's the best thing you've done lately for self-development and uh, improving your own leadership?
2: What have you
1: done for you lately?
2: (laughs) Thanks for that, man. (laughs) Um, Yeah. uh, (laughs) A lot of reading. A lot of reading. Um, Man, I'll tell you what, just being able to sit down with staff members and friends and um, and and other pastors that I know and just talk, like, I I think that was one of the benefits from this quarantine um, that... I say, and I tell the staff all the time, and I grow so much um, with, with conversations, you know, through conversations. So I always feel like I'm one conversation away from raising, you know, my lid as a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, so those two things. And um, uh, I'll tell you what we're doing as a staff. Uh, we're, we're, war- we're working through Band of Brothers. Yeah, we watch watching the, move, nice. the movie series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a good one. Yeah, watching Brandon Brothers. We watch an episode a week and every Thursday morning. So um yeah, every Thursday morning at eight AM, uh, we'll round table for an hour and and uh, give takeaways, scene memorable scenes and how to apply some leadership values to um to, to in the lanes that we're running. So uh, we just started that uh, we we're, we're five episodes in. So Hey, it's, it's been really cool to, to do that. And I mean, you're, you're around a table, you know, 13 people on staff. So you're around the table in so many different angles and uh, things that I didn't even think about, you know, from the person to my left or right. So it's just been super cool. Um, just, just really learning. I mean, who, who would have thought a TV series have taught that me? That is so interesting. Much, yeah, taught me so much about, about leadership. So okay, that's one of give, the coolest
1: things I've ever heard.
0: You
2: have to give <laughs> I've never seen it. I've never one or seen two it. takeaways
1: that again? You have to give one or two takeaways.
2: Oh, man. Um, here, I'll, I'll give one, one big one. I won't give anything away. Um, but just understanding uh, leadership, man, and I was just talking about this um, earlier. Uh, I, I want to lead in a way to help the people that I'm leading become more vulnerable. And I want to lead in a way that they understand that I'm approachable. I think this is so important because there, there's like this secret, um, this secret tension. That, I mean, maybe I shouldn't say that, maybe, maybe it's just like this misconception of when they when when leaders are typically in front of the one that they are leading, they put on this mask as if everything is okay, they they got everything together. But I'm like, listen, remove the mask, let's be real. How how are you really doing? You know, so and 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 that'll only happen if I'm truly being intentional with them, if I'm building relationships with the people that I'm leading. If I know them by name, I know their favorite snacks, their favorite hobbies, I know their weaknesses, I know their strengths, I'm able to sit down with them. And um, I, I want them to to know that they can be vulnerable with me. And I want them to know that I'm I'm approachable. I, you know, I have to lead in a way um, that don't make it seem like I'm disconnected from them. So uh, that that's really what you see in, in a lot of, you know, in Band of Brothers, like it's this, yes, I want you to trust me. I want you to follow me, but also come to me, you know? So, so yeah, I think that was kind of the, one of the main things that, that I've been really taking away among, there's so many leadership tips, um, you know, w- within this show. So that, that's one of the main things that really have been sending out to me, but that like, really resonated with me. So.
1: I totally want to steal that idea.
2: That's incredible. Do it. We stole it. We stole everything, man. Just be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't from us. I think, uh, maybe like the village or somebody was doing it. So we, you know, we still
1: it. If Matt idea. Chandler
2: does it, it's a great yeah. idea. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs>
1: yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well,
0: Larry, we're thankful that you would uh, come and hang out with us today, pour into us and to the rest of the podcast listeners. Thanks for
2: your time. Thanks for being a part. And thanks for having me. I feel like I'm just echoing a lot of the things that I've just learned from y'all. So, uh, y'all lead so well. I'm so appreciative of y'all and y'all. Hey, keep running and we're going to run with you.
0: Man, thank thanks, you. It's, it's a pleasure to run alongside you. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast and we will see you next time.